Hello, and welcome to another episode of All of Them Witches. I'm your host, Marcus, here to chat about horror movies. So this episode, I'm recording directly after my episode that I just recorded for Final Destination, which means I have not seen any movies since the last episode because I am recording this, you know, right after watching Final Destination and The Strangers. So I have nothing to say on that. Um, but... I will say I am in the mood right now for horror movies. I'm also in the mood for musicals. So that's probably some of the things I'll be watching this weekend. And if you have any suggestions for either, you can hit me up on Twitter at MarcusBoy, spelled M-A-R-C-U-S-B-O-I. With that out of the way, I'm just going to get straight into, straight? straight into The Strangers from 2008. Let's play the trailer and then get into it. I just want to tell you something. What do you want to tell me? You are my girl. I love you, Jimmy. What is that? It's okay, there's nothing here. I haven't heard a dog bark, or a car pass. Nothing. What is it? It's my phone. <gasps> oh my god. We gotta get out of here. Then open the door and I just want you to run, okay? All right, so The Strangers, very simple movie in its purest plot. There are two characters who are staying in a house that's kind of far away from everyone else for the night. And while they're there, some people, some strange unknown people, start attacking them, threatening them, and in the end, they basically kill one of the people. Very simple. Uninvited guests in your house trying to murder you. Very simple plot, very effective. So the two characters in question are Kristen and James. They are two folks in a couple, and we first see them driving in kind of a very quiet, dark place. And Kristen seems to be crying a bit. She's upset. We don't know why, but we do get like a quick flashback to find out what it is, which is that... They were at a like wedding reception, and afterwards, when they're leaving, James proposes to Kristen, 
and she declines. And so that's, you know, she's very ups- emotional because, I mean, I've never been in that situation myself and I don't know anyone who has either. Um, but I could see that being really devastating because especially for James's perspective, he probably felt like, you know, this was the right time to do it. They've probably been together for a while and love each other dearly. And so being rejected hurts, I'm sure. Um, even though the way he was acting made it seem like they they were over, their relationship was over, which I don't think would be true either because if you loved each other that much to even consider the idea of proposing to your partner, then you're in love still and it might hurt that you didn't, you know, the proposal didn't work out, but presumably there's a reason for it. Maybe they're just not ready. So, but you can still stay with them and maybe hope to get to that point someday or maybe have a conversation about why this person is not interested in marriage specifically. Either way, that's getting beyond this movie. They show up at their house and, well, it's not their house. It's like, I think it's James's family's house, but it's empty. Um, He was just going to stay there because it was empty or something. And he decked it all out all nicely with, you know, candles and wine and rose petals because he was expecting her to say yes. So it's extremely awkward when they get back. They're like, mm. uh, <laughs> um, James is very upset. He calls his friend to pick him up and he starts eating some, a pint, like not even a pint. It's like a whole thing of ice cream straight from the um, thing. So he's sad and I get it. And she's sad because, you know, she probably had her reasons, but she still knows she's hurt him. So that's where we start. And things just get off to a bit of an odd, you know, intro here when someone knocks on our door at like four in the morning, one in the morning, whatever time it's supposed to be. And um, there's a woman at the door and she's just saying if someone is there and they say, no, no one is here by that name, just us. So she's like, okay, and leaves. Um, James at some point leaves as well, though I'm not sure where he goes because he had to call his friend to pick him up so I'm not sure where he goes but what happens next is um as Kristen is kind of just trying to relax that someone knocks on the door again but they knock really loudly it's like a very creepy loud knock and it's the girl again and she says no you're you're already here um so the girl's like really um but either way she's very confused but at this point maybe not terrified and there's a really good scene early on when she is not yet alerted to danger which is that when she's kind of looking towards the camera angle the camera has a good view of kind of her back and what's going on in the darkness behind her and there is someone just quietly standing there with a mask on is at this point when you see this scene that I was like, oh my god, this is going to be such a ride. I am extremely tense right now, and I am ready for an extremely tense horror movie tonight. So I was really excited at this point, and, um, you know, things quickly ratchet up. Not just from the knocking, but there's a bunch of other noises going on, and she notices, uh, Kristen notices things moved in the room. 
which means that someone's in there with her. And it is not James because he's not there at this time. So things quickly take off. And you see there's these three people and they're all wearing masks. One man and two women. Two women. Um, and that's all we know. We don't know who they are. And that's the point, right? The movie's called The Strangers. We don't know who these people are. But they are terrorizing her. She gets extremely freaked out. At some point, James comes back. And they look around together thinking... Because he's like, there's nothing going on. What are you talking about? There's nobody here. Um, but he is proven very wrong very soon. Uh, because he comes face to face with these these uh, people. And so it's... At some point, he decides... I need to, like, grab my family shotgun and fight back because this is a very dangerous situation going on, right? And I agree that it it's not a good thing you want to be happening here. So, at some point, because the strangers are hacking at the door with a axe, uh, Mr. James here finally fires the gun and shoots of course, he doesn't hit the killer or the bad person. But it's funny because his friend Mike shows up right at this time because he was called at the beginning of the movie to come pick up his friend who's sad. And um, he almost gets hit by the shotgun blast, it seems. I'm pretty sure that's what is happening. He doesn't, though. And he's like, whoa. And this is one of those things where I hate how stupid people are in horror movies and this is like the a like capital stupid moment here where his friend who almost got shot i think it breaks through his car window his windshield and almost gets shot and what does mike do when he almost gets shot he decides to get out of his car and go into the house. And before that, he also sees Mike's smashed up car. I mean, James's smashed up car. So, at that point, why would you go in? Why would you even leave your car? One, why would you leave your car? Two, after you leave your car and you see some really weird shit, like with the, your friend's car? I understand on one hand that you would feel concerned for your friend. But for me... In the car, getting shot at, I would race off immediately. I don't care about anything. I would re I would run away. And if I had a cell phone, because again, this is 2008, it seemed like people had flip phones. But if I had a cell phone, I would race away and I would call 911 and say that, you know, my friend's house, something seems to be going on bad there. Please send police. But I would not fucking walk in on my by myself. Like, what are you even talking about? This is terrible. I hate these things in movies. That was like the, one of those moments in this movie that really drove me up a wall because I was like screaming at his stupidity. And then I, I you know, you know what's going to happen next because you see him walking down a hallway and one of the mask killers is kind of behind him with an axe ready to pounce if need be. But this hallway is the hallway where James and Kristen are held, hauled up together and they've got the shotgun and it's an open doorway, and they are just ready to shoot. And as he's walking slowly, I know, I'm like, 
obviously what's going to happen, he's going to walk in that doorway and he's going to get shot because James is an idiot and isn't going to wait to see if the person is actually wearing a mask or who it is before shooting. You should always wait to see who you're shooting before you shoot them. Pro tip. So yes, of course, just as um, his friend Mike walks up to the doorway, he says hello and he gets shot and dies. So stupid stupidity number two, but it made sense it was going to happen. At that point, it was just obvious. So the, the man following him with the axe didn't have to do a dang thing. Didn't have to lift a finger. They let James kill him. Which I thought was interesting that they they like were, I guess, ready for that to happen. I'm not sure. In my notes, I read, of course, James shoots Mike. Of course. It's just so obvious that that was what they were going for. And at that point, though, it wasn't dramatic. I was just like kind of annoyed, rolling my eyes like, of course, this is going to happen. I think really Mike's stupidity turned me off to him completely. So I didn't have, instead of feeling tense, I just felt annoyed, <laughs> you know, and that he was, he was going to, his death was inevitable. Um, so James, once again, because he's the big man of the house, decides to leave and pursue these bad people. Kristen chases after him eventually. And I think because she hears a, a, shot bla- a shot go off, and we find out later, I guess I didn't do anything, so Mr. James can't even shoot at point blank and hit something. Great job, man. Um, but Kristen runs out after him and immediately, like, trips over something or into something. I'm not sure. Uh, but either way, she, like, twists her ankle badly, so she can't even really walk on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, girl. Uh, why? <laughs> but... She's just like stuck now, like crawling kind of a lot of places or standing up and jumping on one leg, which is clearly a very inefficient way to exist when you have to deal with three killers. So she goes like to this little outhouse type thing, not an outhouse, not an outhouse is like a bathroom, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, a shed or something. And she finds the family ham radio tries to call for help. Someone doesn't answer the, the radio, but the one of the masked strangers destroys it with the axe before she can really say anything more, aside from, please help me. <sighs> so, you know, she goes back into the house. Again, I'm, I guess I'm not sure why you would keep going back into a restricted area, but I guess because they're kind of in the middle of nowhere, it wouldn't really help to be just running out in public because the strangers do have a car so they could run you down. But either way, she's in there, uh, she gets pursued by one of the women, and she pulls out a, a knife randomly from the drawer, but it's just this little dinky knife, like a fruit knife or something, I don't know. It's real small compared to the big, 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 big like butcher knife that the stranger person has. So I'm like, oh great, not going to do much with that dinky knife. But it was better than what else she like, had, because when she's digging through, like she throws out like a slotted spoon or something. I'm like, this is funny, I would love if she tried to kill with a slotted spoon. Um... But anyway, you know, there's not much she can do. Uh, James shows up, so he wasn't dead. But he's, like, on the ground. So both of them end up getting tied up by their pursuers. And next we see it's daytime, and they're still in the house. They're tied to chairs, and the three strangers are there with them. They take off their masks. We cannot see their faces. And it doesn't appear that James or Kristen recognize them at all. Which I was wondering maybe they would recognize them and for a hot second I thought this was going to be some real 
fucked up storyline where it's their friends trying to force Kristen to realize she loves and wants to marry James. That would be evil, but that's not what it was. Um, it just seems that these three are thrill killers or something because they decide when asked, why did you do it? You know, what are you doing? It's just like, because you were home, you know, we weren't trying to steal anything from you. We just wanted to kill people. Home. I don't know. And I guess that's supposed to be scary because there's no reason, right? It's just you and your home and you were just assailed one day for no reason. Which, yes, that is scary. Um, and so the movie ends after we see them both getting stabbed while sitting in their chairs. We see these two kids on bikes. Um, to me, they're presented like Mormons the way they're dressed. But I guess they're just Christians preaching Christianity with little pamphlets. I don't know. I've never seen that personally, but I'm sure it happens as well. Either way, um, the three strangers actually stop and ask for a pamphlet on Christianity. So they take one. But then the two children, um, as they're walking by the house, they see that smashed up car and they decide to go into the house. They see blood and then they see, you know, dead people on the ground. Personally, I don't know why the kids are played as so quiet. Like, why aren't they saying anything? Why aren't they reacting? I guess they could be in shock from discovering bodies, certainly. But it seems weird how they're played. They're played like not like children. They're played like very stoic and odd. Um, but either way, one of the boys goes out to touch the girl, uh, to touch Kristen, excuse me. And Kristen like grabs his hand and, wake and is screaming. So she survived. But it seems that uh, James did not make it through the night alive. So... I don't know, because I know there's a sequel. I think the sequel is The Strangers Pray at Night. Is that it? Um, I don't know if it's like a sequel with these with Kristen, or if it's just the sequel and it's like these people doing this again to another, you know, another group. Or if it's a prequel and this is like, this is how they got to this point. I don't know. Or if there's any other movies. I did not research. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's interesting because this movie at the beginning really had me, I was gripped. I was intrigued by the drama between the two characters. It's not something I feel like I see a lot, movies where a marriage proposal is rejected, at least in such a way where that's kind of it, rather than, of course, there's a lot of movies, romantic comedies, where a rejection occurs and then an acceptance occurs. There was never an acceptance in this movie. Even when they're both about to die, all Kristen says is, like, I love you. She doesn't say, like, okay, it would have been so smarmy, but I was kind of expecting when they're, like, ready to be killed while, while tied to the chair that Kristen was going to turn to James and be like, I do, or I accept. Um, but she did not do that. She just says, I love you, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. And that's, But it's not her changing her mind, even in this deathly circumstance, so cool. Um, she held firm. But either way, it, it unfortunately devolved. Like, as soon as Mike showed up and was an idiot, I was just like, I can't get with this movie anymore. I don't like that. I don't like idiocy. Is that a right word? Um, but I don't like it. And I, I mean, obviously, that's so a trope of the horror genre that characters do things that don't make sense. You know? 
but it just felt really idiotic. And because this movie's from 2008, the directors, certainly at this point in time, you know when people do stupid things in movies, you know. So I just just felt like it was so glaringly bad. Like, okay, if there had not been a shot fired at him in his direction, then I could see him going in because he's confused where his friend is. And he'd probably be concerned. He's like, what happened to his friend's car? And then go inside and look. But if you're getting shot at, excuse me, just no one would stay. They would leave. I don't know. I'm getting overly upset about that. But aside from that, yes, very effective. I like that the killers are strange. You know, they're masked with interesting masks. Like one is like a burlap sack with eyes cut out and this like a drawn mouth. One of them looks like a Betty Boop type face. Um, I can't remember what the other face looks like. But it's interesting, you know. It's not something I see all the time. Um where there's three killers all working together in tandem. Um, Usually our mass killers are solo, right? So that was interesting. Again, I thought the characters were interesting. They're not teenagers. They're adults. Um, But again, Mike. (laughs) He ruined me. He ruined this movie for me. I'm so sad. Um, I am curious about the, the Strangers Pray at Night. I would really like to know if that is, you know, better improvements, I'm assuming, or is it going to be like worse in some capacity? I don't know. But I do want to see it. I just don't know when I'll get around to it because again, you know, my interests come and go so quickly. It's like, yes, I'm down for it right now, but tomorrow I may not be. I might not even be in the mood anymore. I might be like in the mood for something else. Um, and that's just the way it goes. And it's like, I try not to watch movies when I'm not in the mood for them because I just sometimes tune out. And that's not a good, that's a disservice to the movie. Um, I want to give it my undivided attention. So that's why I try to keep to my moods, my movie moods. Um, But yeah, I thought this was surprisingly good until Mike killed me. Um, So I would like to see a sequel where it is more of that tension, you know, keeping tension through the entire movie. That is what I want. Also, one thing I didn't like about this movie um, and this is not exclusive to The Strangers. It happens with a lot of films where the audio balance is weird to me such that characters are like whisper speaking and it's quiet. So I blast, I turn the volume way up, right? So I can hear what they're saying. Otherwise I won't understand anything that's going on in the movie. But then, and especially in this movie, it is quiet, 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 except for that one knock, that loud knock. It is quiet, quiet, quiet. Um, for the most part, early on. And then there is a super loud sound and scream when um, Kristen, like, opens a blind and there's a masked man right there at the window. I think there's, like, a musical sting as well as her screaming. And it is so loud because I had my music cranked up, my audio cranked up. It shocked me because it was so not what I was ready for at that moment. I wasn't expecting it because, again, it was so quiet. And normally jump scares, even with audio stings, obviously they're usually visual, but audio as well usually doesn't scare me. Um, I think I was not paying attention because I had paused the movie while she was about to look at the window to like go to the bathroom or something, and I came back unpaused, and so it was just quiet, so quiet and then boom. 
if I had been watching it straight through, I would have known that that jump scare was coming because it's obvious she's going to open the window. Um, and there's, you know, movies have a way of building that is usually very obvious and telling of when there's going to be a jump scare. So um, I was unguarded and I also wasn't looking at the screen. I was like looking at my computer or something. So when it happened, I like jolted, turned my neck and to look at the TV and like hurt my neck. I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. I hate, this is the fault of this movie for being so quiet with the talking and loud with the noises. Um, but I mean, that's not ex exclusive to this movie. That happens to many movies. I usually watch them with captions because of that, because people, because sometimes audio bounces are so weird with audio where people are talking so quietly. Um, so I usually use captions, but I wasn't able to for this movie. So I hurt my neck. <laughs> um, but that's my problem, I guess, and nobody else's, and not exclusive to this movie at all. But yeah, I, I would definitely be down to see The Strangers Pray at Night. I hope that that's better. Um, because this had a real great shot at being, like, extremely good. And if some people think it is extremely good, I totally understand why. Because it's quite effective. At certain points, it's very tense. Um, it's just, like, I fell off the wagon because of, you know, my issues with with characters. With, with Mr. Mike there. But I'll stop ranting about Mike and audio and say, if you haven't seen The Strangers, I would recommend it in general. Um, I think it's a fun watch and definitely kind of a streamlined, simplified horror movie um, compared to some others that have come out around the same time. I appreciate that simplicity. Um, but yeah, so that is the end of this episode of All of Them Witches, and I will be back in two weeks for another episode.